Now, as we as we talked about in week one, I think it's in the heart of every human being, uh, the desire to do something great, to accomplish something significant with their life, to uh, to make a difference in the world that they live in. I don't think anybody really wants to leave the world worse off than they found it in. I think all of us in our DNA wants to make a contribution. And I think the reason why we have that in our DNA is because it's part of the Lord's DNA. How many of you know he didn't come upon the world to leave it messed up? He came to redeem it. Amen. And I believe that's why we have a desire to do something great. And so how do you truly achieve greatness with your life? You know, do you have to have a certain amount of skills? Do you do you have to have a certain amount of education? You know, how do you accomplish greatness? Well, according to Jesus, the pathway into greatness comes by serving. Greatness doesn't come by forcing or manipulating your way or climbing over people. It doesn't come by gaining a position or or accumulating a lot of possessions. I believe greatness comes by serving your way in. That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. If you're there in your Bible or your phone or whatever, in verse 43, Jesus said, whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Now, I believe that what Jesus is telling us here is the pathway into greatness is learning how to serve. We don't have to live a nominal life or a normal life. We can live a great life. Everyone in this room has the ability to live a great life. And it has nothing to do with how much education you have. It has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has nothing to do with your position or your prestige in life. It has everything to do with your willingness to serve. So here's how the principle works out. If you want to be great in the eyes of the Lord, be faithful in serving the Lord. If you want to be great in the eyes of your spouse or your family, this is how you do it. Serve in your family. If you want to be great around those that you work with, I tell you how you do it. Don't be selfish, but serve your way in. Come on. I need an amen somewhere along in here. If you want to be successful as a business leader, a salesman or something like this, I tell you how to get there. You just serve your customers well and you'll have plenty of business. Amen. If you want to excel in your career, serve your employer. Do more than they ask you. If you develop a servant's heart, you can excel in whatever you get involved in. Amen. If you want great relationships, serve your friends. If you want to make a difference in your community, serve your community. Did you get that yet? How many of you say, I got that? All right, I thought you might. Now listen, I told this story at the second service last two weeks ago, and I want to tell it again and because uh, I, I think it, it, it makes a great point. It was a little while back I was at Lowe's, and I was at the front desk uh, trying to get some, some lumber for a project I was working on. And the person that was serving me behind the desk recognized me. And they said, hey, you uh, don't you pastor that church down there? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor of a church in town. Well, the lady that was waiting to get served uh, overheard the conversation. And she said, what church you pastor? And I said, Family Life Church. And she said, oh, that's a great church. And so my immediate reaction was, that I said, oh, you've been there? And she said, no, I've never been there. So I said, okay. Well, how do you know it's a great church if you've never been there? And this is what she said. 
Well, I've heard all the good that y'all do in the community. Now, listen, I was hoping she would say, that's a great church because, man, you can preach the paint off of the wall. But that's not at all what she said. Basically, what she said in her eyes, family life was a great church, not because we got incredible preaching, but because we got incredible servers. Amen. You get that? Greatness comes by serving your way in. So serving our way into the community is what we're going to be doing this coming Saturday and Sunday. On July 23rd, we're going to be meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning to have a prayer rally. And then we're going to just go into various parts of the community to serve our way in. We want to put as many people, as many boots on the ground in the community to serve. Why? Because we believe that we can make a difference. Amen? You know, years ago... uh, The Lord spoke to us and said, go to the community and give away school supplies. And you're going to touch hearts. And this is the verse the Lord gave us. Proverbs 18, 16. Giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. And the Lord said, you just go give away free school supplies to people that need. And I will help you win lost souls. Well, I think we've been able to see that happening over the years. And we're going to do that again next Sunday. We're inviting people to come. And I want to encourage you, if you have family or friends or neighbors, somebody that you know that's having a tough time financially, invite them to come get school supplies. Free school supplies. Amen? A few years ago, the Lord spoke to us and said, listen, you need to do a free vacation Bible school. Because the families that could use it the most can't afford to go. So why don't you just make it free? Well, this year we had 131 children give their hearts and lives to Christ as a result of just serving our community. Amen? And so what I'm trying to say is that serving works. Serving is the way that you reach. You serve your way in. Amen? Now listen, this Saturday... We're going to be, uh, Amanda Granger's been doing this, her and her team, for every month for quite a while. But we're going to be feeding the homeless and giving them uh, toiletries. We're going to visit the elderly in the nursing homes. We're going to have a block party in, in, uh, in, in a certain area of town and hand out uh, hot dogs and food and just reaching out, loving on the community. We're going to be doing a, a couple of uh, construction projects for families that, that need. We're going to be... Um, um, having a few teams go out in, in areas where people gather during the hot month of, of July and hand out free water in the name of Jesus. Amen. One of our elementary schools here in town, we're going to go help them get their school ready by pressure washing and painting. We're going to have a team that's going to be uh, coming together on, uh, listen, every year on Saturday before the school supply giveaway, uh, myself as well as a team, we go out into the community, knock on the door and say, listen, we're just trying to find families that maybe could use school supplies and we're going to be giving away school supplies and we give them a flyer and invite them to come out. And every year we have a number of people that come out to get school supplies. But the most important thing is there's a number of people that's, that raise their hand and say, I need Jesus. They repent of their sins and ask the Lord to come into their life and their eternity changes. Amen. And so all this is going to be happening on Saturday, but we're first going to have a prayer rally, amen? And we're going to pray and ask God to bless our time, and then Sunday morning we'll be ready. And so listen, next Sunday, 
You should be nice every Sunday, but be extra nice next Sunday. Amen? And, and be welcoming, because listen, people are looking for warmth. They're looking for love. And there should be no greater place to find that than in the local church. Amen? So look, you can hang out with your friends after church, but while we're here at church, you just reach out and you be a greeter, okay? Everybody is now on the greeting and the hospitality team. Amen? If you, if you receive that command, say amen. Amen. So our goal is to reach our community. Amen. So here's another option. You don't have to wait till Saturday to serve. You can start serving Monday morning when you get to work. In fact, you could serve right there in your family. That would be, that would be radical, wouldn't it? We can serve wherever we go, right? But you might want to just get a few friends, gather your family, and you might want to do your own serve project. Some of you ladies can, can bake like nobody's business. Why don't you just cook a pie and just go give somebody a pie in the name of Jesus? Say, what's that for? I just wanted to bless you. Come on. Do you think maybe we could win some souls to Christ by just extending the love of God wherever we go? Come on. I need a better amen than that. So we're talking about greatness. Amen. And so I want to encourage you. How many of you are willing to join in and get involved? All right. Well, hopefully we'll have more hands that will be raised after I finish preaching this morning. That was way too many. Right? I mean, not enough right there. Amen. Well, listen, as we talk about greatness, the reason why we talk about serving is because it's not our nature to serve. It's not our human nature. Our flesh wants to be served, not served. And so that's why we got to talk about it. And, and so the first week we talked about the pathway to greatness is serving. And I thought about this, you know, I used to just think, why every time they put a camera on a professional athlete, the, the, the athlete says, hi, mom, and never hi, dad. And I thought, you know what? Because moms serve their way in. That's why. So dads, here's a clue. Serve your family more and you, they might say, hi, dad. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't that be great, man? Amen. Are y'all with me out there? So, so if week one, we talked about the pathway to greatness, but let's talk about the characteristics of a true servant. Who is a servant anyway? And so, you know, how can you know if you are a servant or not? Well, you can ask your spouse. They can tell you. But, but we're not going to, we're not going to ask our spouse this morning. Let's ask Jesus. How about that? Let's ask Jesus. How do you know if you're a true servant or not? Jesus said, just pay attention to the fruit in their life. And this is what he said in Matthew 7, 16. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Now notice the phrase, and he said, you can tell by the way they act. A true servant can be identified by the characteristics of their behavior. You know, have, have you ever said, I'm a servant? Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard somebody say, but listen, I'm a servant. Well, what, we'll see. Let's just watch the fruit of your life. And we can tell whether you are servant or not. Is that right? I mean, it's too quiet in here. Say amen. Amen. Say praise the Lord. 
So who is a true servant? Let me give you a couple of characteristics. Number one, true servants make time and take time to serve others. A true servant doesn't fill their schedules with personal agendas and self-interest, so they have time left to serve others. How many of you know to be a servant, you have to be willing to sacrifice your time? Some people say, well, if I just had the time, I would serve others. But the problem is they never seem to have time. A true servant takes the time and makes the time to serve others. It's not an option for them. It's part of what they do. They're a server. Second Timothy 2.2, Paul told his, his servant or his, his son, spiritual son Timothy, said, no soldier in active, active what? entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So he says true soldiers avoid getting so caught up in the affairs of life that they don't have any time left to serve God and to serve others. True servants make the time. Remember the parable Jesus told about the four seeds that fell on the four different soils? And he said, really, only uh, only one out of four produced fruit. Three of them had no fruit. But then he explains why they didn't produce fruit. In the first one, he said, remember, you know, it falls uh, by the by the roadside and the birds come and eat it up. He said, that's the evil one that snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So there's no fruit produced. The second one, he said, is those that uh, they receive the word and they start. It looks like they're going to do good, uh, but they don't have deep roots. And so they fall away as soon as they have problems or they're persecuted uh, for believing God's word. So again, no fruit is produced. But the third seed, he said, is that is the he describes it this way in Matthew 13, 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hears God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The worries of life and the lure of wealth can keep you from being fruitful and being a servant. So the first step in being a servant is you got to make time. So the question is, will we allow life's entanglements keep us from serving? That's the question. In Luke 10, remember Jesus told that story of the, of the uh, Good Samaritan. Remember, and he said, hey, a man was robbed, left for dead along the roadside. And he said, a priest came by, which represents like clergy, a pastor. And he says, he, he saw the man on the, in the, in the ditch and he crossed the road and he went on about his business. And then he said there was a Levite. I think it represents like Christians. And uh, the Levite saw the man dying on the side of the road, crossed over and just kept going. But the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, I mean, you know, he represents like a guy that wasn't maybe not even saved, not even a, a Christian, maybe a heathen, a lost man. But he saw the guy on the road and he went help them. Jesus is telling that story to make a point. There's something in that story that caught my eyes. I read it again. And it's this. The thing that stands out in my mind in this story is that it's not like the Samaritan had nowhere to go or nothing to do. He had somewhere to go and something to do. It's not like it, it was convenient for him to serve. 
But he just made time anyway. Luke 10 says this, the next day, 1035, the next day he took out silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense that you may have. Now I want you to notice, the first thing I noticed about this is he said the next day. The next day the good Samaritan was able to get the dying man to the end so he could rest and heal up. So what that tells me is he had to invest a good amount of time to be able to change this man's life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He had to invest a good amount of time. Now listen, we all have the same amount of time and we decide how we're going to spend our time. The question is, are we going to spend our time serving or are we going to just spend our time looking for somebody to serve us? The second thing I notice is this. He said, I will take care of all the additional expenses when I return. In other words, I'm on my way somewhere. I got things to do. So it's not that I was bored. That's why I'm going to take care of this man. I'm on my way. I got business. I got a place to go. But he said, I'm going to take the time to help this man. Are y'all tracking with me? And so the good Samaritan made a priority of his time to serve others. And see, this is one of the things that's key to becoming great in life is to take the time to serve others. We could close in prayer right here. Because one of the main reasons we never find the opportunity to serve is because we don't take the time. So true servants make time and take time to serve. The second characteristic is true servants notice the needs around them. Their eyes are always wide open. And they're looking and noticing the needs of others. They pay attention to the needs of people around them. Because they're not self-absorbed. How many of you know you can't notice the needs of others if you're totally absorbed with your own personal needs? You can't notice your needs and their needs at the same time. Right? Galatians 6.10 says this. Whenever we have the opportunity, we have to do what is good for everyone, especially for the family of believers. Now, notice he says, whenever we have the opportunity. So we got to pay attention to the needs of people around us if we're going to be able to take advantage of the opportunities. Amen? And so listen, I think God will sovereignly give us opportunities to serve. You know why? Because his plan to reach the world is the church. It's the church. It's you and I. How many of you feel like you're part of the church today? Raise your hands. Okay, there's all, all those servants, servant, 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 servant. He uses us. We are his hands and his feet. Amen? Come on, when he wants to touch somebody's life, you know, very rarely does, you know, in the Middle East, you know, people are having visions and seeing Jesus like crazy out there right now. But in America, most of the time, when God wants to touch a person, he does it through another Christian. He serves them. Amen? And so we, we have to have our eyes wide open. And I think the key word here is awareness. we got to be aware. The key word in the last point is time. Jesus was always aware of the needs around him. In, in Matthew 9, 36, he said, When he saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them because they were hurting and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, he saw a crowd. But yet... Despite being surrounded by a crowd of people, he recognized and was aware of needs 
within the crowd. See, it takes awareness. He never got distracted or infatuated with a crowd. You know, somebody said, you know, sometimes pastors, they can just want to be with the crowd and not want to be with the sheep. But we got to learn how to smell like the sheep. Are y'all catching that? A shepherd takes care of the sheep. But Jesus was in the crowd, but yet he noticed the needs. See, true servants develop an awareness and mindfulness of the needs around them. Let me ask you a question. How many of you ever ate out? Okay, that's about 40% of you. 60% are lying. But how many of you ever ate out and, um, you know, you have good experiences and bad experiences, right? And uh, when you're eating out at a restaurant, what to you is a good waiter or a good servant? Isn't it their ability to recognize your needs before you have to ask? Isn't that true? You know, have you ever, have you ever been out to eat and, you know, uh, you know, you put your order in, they bring your food out and you start eating and it's some Cajun food and it's really peppered and you're, you don't have any more water. And you're looking around and, I don't know, the, your waiter got raptured. I, I don't know where they are, but it's like, oh, man, some water right now would be awesome. And you're looking around, did anybody see my waiter? Did anybody see my server? I am thirsty. And then finally they get there right after you just ate your last bite. But, you know, isn't it true that what keeps a waiter, a waiter or server from being a really good waiter is being distracted, losing focus, not being aware of the needs around them. Man, it's, it's incredible whenever you, you, your glass gets half full and somebody comes and fills it. It's like, wow. You know, you finish your salad and you, and you eat the last bite. And boom, there goes your plate. Wow. But you see, a good waiter, and, and listen, by the way, a server means waiter. Means waiter. And to be a good servant, we got to have our eyes wide open. We got to have our eyes open. We got to quit looking in the mirror. Start looking at the crowd. And start seeing the needs around us. Amen. Come on. If you agree with that, would you say amen right there? Amen. amen. Now, let me just let me just move on from this point. But let me give you these three these three thoughts. Three needs of every person you're going to meet. Everybody needs to be loved. So love everybody you come in contact with. Everybody needs to be affirmed and valued. So affirm and value everybody you come in contact with. Everybody needs to be encouraged. So encourage as many people as often as you can. Amen. The third characteristic of a true servant is true servants do the best with what they have. In other words, they don't make excuses or procrastinate, or wait for better circumstances to serve. They never say, one of these days, I'm going to serve. When the time is right, I'm going to serve. No, they don't do that. They don't say, if I had more talent, I would serve. If I had more training, I would serve. If I had better resources, I would serve. How many of you know we could say, when, forever, and live our life and never serve? Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. 
You know, I get the picture of sitting in your house and say, I'm going to go cut that grass as soon as it quits raining. It's raining. All right, I don't have to cut the grass. It stops raining. The sun comes out. You look out. Oh, I can't cut the grass. The sun is too hot right now. And so the grass is like this tall because the, the, the conditions are not perfect. But, you know, we can, we can just wait for perfect conditions to serve, and it never comes. The point is we can't wait for ideal circumstances to serve. We just need to roll up our sleeves and just... And just, just do it. The key word here is just do something. Amen. You know, whenever I think of uh, doing the best with what you have, I think of Karen Prejean. She's in heaven now. But, you know, she had a, a, a muscular a disease that uh, reduced her to just being able to use her eyeballs. And she would speak through a monitor. And she said to us, she said, listen, I want to pray for the needs of the congregation. Would y'all send me the prayer needs? And I want to pray for them. And so Karen would pray for our needs in this congregation. And here she was reduced to just being able to use her eyeballs. Now listen, I think whenever I get to heaven, God's going to bring me straight to her feet and say, you wash her feet for all of eternity. Amen? Come on. What's my excuse? Can you help me say, there is none, Todd. There is none, Todd, right? Are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? If she can serve, then bless the Lord, all of us can serve. Amen? Amen. So here's the point. We can't wait for ideal circumstances to serve. We can't allow a difficult person, undesirable conditions, personal discomfort, or anything like that to keep us from serving. Amen? And so, so although... God expects us to serve and wants us to serve. I think He will give us opportunities to serve, but we need to take the time. We need to keep our eyes wide open. And don't worry about what you don't have. Just worry about what you do have. Amen? A fourth characteristic of a true servant is true servants have an enthusiastic heart for serving. <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't you love it when you go to a restaurant, your waiter comes and it's like, what you want? Well, uh, you know, I like water. Okay. You know, and, and so, uh, you know, they get around the water and splash water on your table. You know, what you want to eat? You know, and you hurry up. You know, I got another table. How many of you want, if somebody's going to serve you, you want it to be done with a good attitude, right? With a good heart. And so, you know, the true servants have an enthusiastic heart. Regardless of what they're asked to do, they're ready and willing. You know, you could tell, you could tell when somebody has a true servant's heart whenever they're asked to do a menial task. You want me to do what? I don't do that. You know, I'm reminded, you know, Brother Francis and Miss Babs had to clean the toilets in this place as well as go to the hospital and do counseling. And they served. And that's why we have what we have today. Aren't y'all grateful for Brother Francis and Miss Babs? They serve. Amen. So the size or importance of the task doesn't matter to them. The only issue to them is will this help someone and does it need to get done? Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord for not for men. Whatever you do, put your heart in it, man. 
You know, don't, don't sound frustrated whenever you got to do something. I mean, who wants to be served by somebody that sounds like you're, you're, you're inconveniencing them? It's about the attitude, right? And so we got to keep our attitude right. That's the key word here, attitude. We need to see, see serving as an opportunity to help others, not a dreadful obligation. And so true servants never think they're too good to do anything something too insignificant or a menial task, they're ready to do whatever, amen? And so Galatians 6 says, if you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> That's a good verse right there, amen? You know, if, listen, if you think you're too important to do something, you're, you're really not that important. And so listen, a true servant's heart is revealed and their ability to do menial tasks. In their ability to do insignificant tasks. In their ability to do stuff where nobody notices. Right? You know, Jesus washed people's feet. He fed his disciples breakfast. He ministered to little children. He served the lepers that nobody else wanted to have anything to do with. Jesus had a servant's heart and a servant's attitude. And, and listen, nothing was beneath him are too insignificant for him. And listen, I think some of the most powerful, the most powerful serving uh, influences happen in the most insignificant ways. Amen? Wow. Have you ever really thought about the fact that maybe our serving opportunities are really a test from God? And he's testing us to see where we're at. Like the scripture says, be careful about, you know, how you treat people and show hospitality to people because you might just be dealing with an angel, but you don't know it. And that angel might break your arm if you mistreat him. No, just kidding. Ask Joseph, he'll knock out your hip out or something. But you know, the point is, is that whenever we're serving, we have no idea. And remember, remember in that parable where Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. The least of these, my brethren. And he talked about the prisoners and those that didn't have any food and those that were hungry and those that were thirsty. I think that's what he means by least of these. And so listen, he's saying, listen, don't show favoritism in who you serve. Serve anybody and everybody. Amen. And so... I believe sometimes God gives us a test. And if we pass the test, he might give us a little bit, a little bit more to do. He might increase our greatness in our life. Amen? I remember hearing a story uh, Brother Francis tells, and this man, he wanted to be in ministry. And so Brother Francis said, okay, great. Uh, you see this lawnmower right here? Go cut the grass. Cut the grass? No, I want to train for ministry. Can you send me to the hospital to pray for somebody? Preach the word of God. I'm a man of God. Brother friends, I want you to grab that lawnmower right there and go cut that grass. So this is the pastor telling this story. So he grabbed the lawnmower and he was not happy. And so he started mowing the grass right out here. Instead of picking up the paper, he just ran over it. Boom, there's the paper flying everywhere. And so, so to come the next day, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to train in ministry. He said, okay, grab that lawnmower. Go cut the grass. Here he goes again. Boom, piles of paper everywhere. He had a dream one night that he died and went to heaven. And when he got to heaven, the Lord said, enter in, my son. 
come see, this is the lawnmower. And your job <laughs> is going to be to cut the grass in heaven for all eternity. And he said he woke up panicked, like, oh, no, oh, no. And the Lord said, whenever you can be faithful with this, then I might let you go to the hospital and pray for somebody. Ooh, he, he's, been, he's been in ministry many, many years and, and is leading a Bible college and doing a great work for God. But he learned to serve with a good attitude. Amen. Good for him, right? And so listen, remember faithfulness in serving is really what qualifies us for a greater ministry. Matthew 25, 21 says, his master replied, well done, thou good and faithful. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, Brother Francis you know, used to teach us all the time, you know, that there's a lot of people that want to preach, but there's not as many people that want to serve. And he also said, you know, that if you, if you can humble yourself enough to serve, then God can trust you with some ministry that will affect the crowds. Amen? A good attitude and faithfulness in serving in your present situation is the prerequisite to doing something greater for God. God just asks us to do with what we got. When we can, where we can, how we can. Amen? The fifth and final characteristic of a true servant is true servants have a spirit of humility. You know, sometimes our motive for serving is for personal recognition or self-promotion. And they serve, uh, they serve for the limelight or the approval and applause of others. But how many of you know Jesus never rewards this kind of motivation? And you know what I'm thinking about? You know, whenever you serve for the wrong purpose and the wrong motive, that's when you get a bad attitude. Man, they didn't even tell me thanks for doing that. They, even, they never even noticed that I, I did that. You know, I'm just thinking about Miss Jeannie. How many of y'all know Miss Jeannie? Miss Jeannie Richard shows up here at church morning after morning before daylight, I think. And she's pulling weeds out there in the flower beds. Most of you in this room never even knew that. After I finish washing Karen's feet, I think I'm gonna, God's going to send me right over to Miss Jeannie and say, you, you tend to her flower bed for her. But how many of you know that pulling weeds out of a flower bed is as, as significant as anything else. Amen? And so listen, it's not, it's not what we do. It's just, just being willing to do it. Having a servant's heart and being humble about it. Amen? Jesus wants us to have that kind of attitude in heart. And Jesus never likes nor rewards the wrong motivation of serving. In fact, he said this, Matthew 6, 1, when you do good deeds... Don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. Now listen, you, would you rather get a reward from me or from God? Let me, let me just cue, clue you in. He's got more money than I do. <laughs> Amen? I wonder, how many of you know it's more important that we get a reward from God, not from man? Amen? 
And so true servants aren't worried about personal recognition. They don't mind serving in the shadows where nobody sees. True servants are content with serving in the shadows and behind the scenes because their goal is... As long as the Lord gets the glory, that's all that matters. Amen? And don't you agree that should be our desire in our heart? It doesn't matter who gets the glory. It doesn't matter who notices as long as God gets the glory. Amen? Now let's wrap this thing up. 1 Peter 5, 5 says this. In the same way you younger men must submit yourselves to older men, and all of you, look at this phrase, must put on the apron of humility to serve one another. The apron of humility. You know, serving and humility go hand in hand. The more humility I possess, the more I can serve. The more pride I have, the less I can serve. Serving and humility go hand in hand. And I think serving kicks pride in the teeth. Amen? And here's the cool thing about When you serve and it kicks pride in the teeth and it brings greater humility into your life, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? You position yourself to get graced by God. Amen. How many of you want to get graced by God? Hey, the true path of greatness is through serving. Jesus said, whoever desires to become great among you shall be your, shall be your, amen. You receive this this morning. All right, would you do me a favor? Let's stand together. Let's, let's just take a moment to just pray about this. This principle, saints, is totally contrary to the world. The world says greatness is determined by how many people serve you. Jesus said greatness is determined by how many people you serve, not how many people serve you. So he's trying to reprogram our thinking. He's trying to train us. And so I think if we take this principle, it can serve us wherever we go. It can help us everywhere we go. Whether it's at work, in our neighborhood, in our families, everywhere. See, if we want a strong family unit, we can't be selfish and self-absorbed. we got to have a servant's mindset, right? If we want to have a strong church, we can't be selfish. We can't be self-centered. We got to be servants, right? We got to learn how to serve. I think we can make headway in our business, in our career. We can do better on the job. See, people rarely get fired because of their competency. Their skill level, not being able to do the job. People rarely get fired because of that. They get fired because of their attitude. Their attitude stinks. Serving is a right attitude. And if you got the right attitude, you can do well on your job. You can do well in your career. See, listen, people want friends that are not toxic that are not like sponges that absorb everything from them. The more we learn how to serve, the greater friendship base we can develop. Are, are, y'all, are y'all catching this? Are y'all with me on this? 
If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, this is what he said. Listen, it's not how, it's not your spiritual gifts of prophesying or discernment. He said, no, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. Amen. And he said, this is what I mean. Put your foot out here. Let me wash your feet. Wash my feet? No, Lord. And he said, this is what you got to do. And I'm telling you, it might seem like taking the low place, but you are climbing to the high place. You are going towards a place of greatness. Amen? And I believe God has a great life for each and every one of us if we'll just embrace the principle of serving. Amen? Well, bow, bow your head with me. Let me just pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Come on, if you feel conviction this morning, would you just acknowledge that by just raising your hand? Say, man, I'm feeling conviction. There you go. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Or you could just sit there. But if, you, if you're just feeling God nudging your heart, just this is an opportunity for you to just say, let's just ask the Lord. I know everyone in this room feels like they could grow in the area of serving. So let's ask the Lord right now to help us. Father, I pray for every person in this room right now, that, God, you would just give us the grace to serve. God, we want to be better servants at home, at church, in our neighborhood, where we work. God, we not only want to be good servants, we want to be good servants with a good attitude. We don't want to resent serving. We don't want to complain about serving. We want to serve with a good heart, good attitude, with a smile on our face so that we can be blessed, so that we can be rewarded by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord, for releasing your grace right now over each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Now listen, you might be here today and you say, man, you're talking about me serving others, but who's going to serve me? Who's going to help me? Listen, the reason why Jesus died he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. See, Jesus served so he could help each one of us here today. Now, I don't know where you are spiritually. You're not born right with God. We do bad things. We sin. But Jesus served his way to the point that he could help us get right with God. So if you're here today and you say, Todd, I don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't know that if I died tonight that I would get to spend eternity with Jesus. Would you pray for me with everybody's head bowed? If you're here today and say, Todd, pray, pray for me. I want to be sure. I want to make sure that I'm a Christian. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? And I want to pray a special prayer for you. There you go, sir. Anybody else? Just raise your hand high so I could see it right here, ma'am. I see your hand. Right here, sir, I see your hand anywhere else. Just raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. This is, you need to be bolder than you've ever been bold before in your life right now to say, Lord, I need your help. Now listen, those of you that have your hands raised, just from your heart, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, we can all pray together. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I need forgiveness. And I'm asking you to forgive me today. Wash my sins away, Lord. Would you help me to live the Christian life? I want to live for you. Would you wash my sins? Purify my heart and fill me with your spirit so I can live the Christian life. 
I am surrendering to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands, listen, the pastor's going to be here. I'm going to be up here. I'm going to be up here for a while. Come and let one of us know that you prayed that prayer. We got a gift for you, and we just got some material. Just help you get started in this journey. And we like to know who you are because we want to pray for you. Amen? Or go into the lobby and just go to the info center there and let them know. Amen. Y'all ready to go, sir? How many of you are coming out Saturday? How many of you are coming out Saturday? How many of you have no time? How many of you are too busy to serve? Come on. Remember, you got to make time. Amen? So let me pray a blessing over you as we go. Father, I pray the favor and the blessing of the Lord over the people of God. God, may you shine upon them and may you use them, Lord, to make a great difference in our world today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day.